This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. A new study found that one in three parents may be unnecessarily giving children fever-reducing medication. The study that was uh, released by CNN said that they're basically giving these medications, these fever-reducing medications, and they may not necessarily be needed, as I mentioned. My thoughts about that is that fever which I'm going to talk about today on today's podcast, is the body's normal response to an infection. And the article notes this, and it is important to take accurate temperatures and assess how the child is acting before considering fever-reducing medications. When I advise parents in my pediatric practice, I tell them to take the temperature first before giving fever reducers. If they choose to give their child the medications, then assess the child's response, such as the reduction of fever. Do they see improvement in their comfort, in their symptoms for for example, are they, did they give the fever reducers and the child is still laying around or did they give it? And once it kicked in, the kid was now eating better and drinking better and was more playful, at least while their temperature was down. According to the article, some parents will continue to give the fever reducers as a prevention. And I do agree with the article that this is not always the best as you can, you can mask the fever. Um, you don't know, is it really going to return? And also it, it will also mask how we evaluate the symptoms. Okay. So in other words, we need to get to the root cause of, of this fever. Why is the body producing this higher temperature? And it's harder and harder to uncover what's causing the fever. If you cover up the fever. Giving the fever reducer a second time or more may not be necessary and can actually interfere with evaluating what's going on with the child. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't give a second or third dose of appropriate, but kind of do your own little parental assessment. How long did it take before the fever came back? How did they act once they got the medication? How are they acting now? What's the current temperature, for example? Now, when I say... You shouldn't give the medications around the clock. If you are advised by your doctor or pediatrician to do that, that's a whole different story. Or for example, if your child is prone to febrile seizures, which are seizures that are caused by a high fever, then yes, preventing a fever in that situation would be necessary. Or if the initial temperature and presentation is is something that is significant enough that we don't want that fever to come back. So what we're talking about in this study is basically just, you know, not those extreme conversations. We're talking about just, okay, they have a fever. We want to, we want to get rid of this fever. Of course, we want our kids to not be more comfortable, correct? 
But then at the same time, though, let's, let's keep giving it and they might not, the fever might never return. Sometimes it's just a one-time thing, or maybe it's just for the day. And how long do we keep giving it if we don't want, if we don't know if they still have the fever? So before we continue this discussion, though, I want to talk about what is a fever? You've no doubt have heard people say, oh, they have a low-grade fever. And I just ask, you know, what does that mean to you? Because it could mean that they actually do have a fever, but it's the lower end of what we consider a fever. Or maybe it's like a number that's higher than their normal temperature. So they're warmer, but it's not yet a fever. So for example, if a child has a temperature of 100.4 or higher, that is considered a fever. And it's reasonable to give fever-reducing medications. It's very important to give the appropriate dose, the appropriate type of fever-reducing medication based on age and weight, as well as giving it during the appropriate intervals between doses, for example. So... Why is it important to really identify what is a low-grade fever and what's not? I actually try and stay away from the term low-grade fever and talk to parents that their baby or their child is is a little bit warmer than usual, but not actually a fever. And what I'm talking about is anything that is under 100.4. Otherwise, they have a fever. That's where we draw the line. Our temperatures fluctuate throughout the day for various reasons, whether we're children or adults. But babies and children run different temperatures depending on their age, and their bodies are warmer than our bodies are, for example. So a 99 temperature in a in a younger child may not be that big of a deal because they're little and they need to stay warm. But a 99 in an older child or an adult, although does not meet the definition for fever, they can still feel pretty lousy, right? So what I'm trying to say is that if you are saying low-grade fever, in my mind, you're really talking about a temperature over 100.4 or higher, but is in that low temp area. If it's under 100.4, it's not a fever at all. And But it is important to let your doctor know or to follow your child's temperature because I don't care what the temperature is. You want to make sure that you're looking at your child and not just treating the number that's on the thermometer, right? We look at the child. They could have 102 fever and be running around and happy and drinking and eating. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't get the temperature down, but you know, okay, they're doing okay. They're fighting something, but a child could have a hundred degree temperature. Maybe it doesn't reach a fever, but they're not eating, they're not drinking, and they're just laying around. So you want to not only look at the temperature and the trend for the temperature, but you also want to look at the child. (laughs) And it seems like that would just be, you know, you know, you would do that naturally, but yeah, we, we get caught up in our, in things that we use for measurement and measurement is important, but you know, again, we've got to look at the child too. So what could we use 
as a fever reducer other than medications? And I get that question a lot. And it's important to know that whether you give meds or not, you want to (laughs) encourage fluids and hydration because it'll help so much. When a child has a temperature, what happens is they lose fluid through what we call insensible losses. So whether they're shivering or sweating, um, or you can't even tell, but they can get dehydrated from just having a fever. And what's interesting is that if you replace the fluids, we can also help treat the fever. Sometimes just by giving fluids and hydrating them, they it actually can help bring the temperature down. Now you want to talk to your doctor about what to actually give your child or baby and how much, because it really depends on their symptoms that might be present. For example, if they're not vomiting and they're drinking well, you can still do breast milk, formula, things like that. Of course, if they're throwing up, it's much harder to keep down things that are, you know, like that, a milk base, for example, and a clear liquid might be important. But based on the age of your child, you really want to know exactly what you should be giving your child to hydrate them and how much. A cool wash rag on the forehead or the back of the neck can help too. And you've probably heard before about putting them in like a cold bath. I do not recommend that at all. You could do like a warm bath, a lukewarm bath, but you don't want to chill them to the point where they start to shiver. Because guess what? If they get the chills and they shiver, their body's temperature is going to go up because the body is trying to fight something. So you you can you can help keep them cooler, but don't chill them because that's really, really important. So I've really gotten away from, you know, telling people about the bath. Now, sometimes just taking a nice bath that's lukewarm feels good, you know, and it helps with symptoms and comfort. So, you know, again, depending on the age, doing that appropriately, but if they get cold and they get the chills, they will shiver and this will increase their temperature. What's the most accurate way to take a temperature? Well, I got to tell you, that's a very, very good question. And again, it really depends on the baby's age. So if you take a rectal temperature in anybody, basically what you're getting is the true accurate measurement of the baby's core temperature. But not everybody wants to do that, right? So you can also take a temperature under the arm or what we call an axillary temperature, Um, you could also do it, uh, if you do it like temporal, you know, where if, especially for older kids, you can, um, put it in their mouth, an oral thermometer, a temporal thermometer, but you want, you know, these other ways can be about 0.5 to one degree colder. And so, you, you know, for example, if you do it under the arm, I usually recommend adding a degree, um, It might be actually what their temperature is, but it can sometimes um, be a little bit colder. And so you want to, you know, add a degree and kind of evaluate. Now, let's say you have a baby and you're concerned and you do it under the arm, for example, or you um, do an ear thermometer, temporal thermometer, and it does say 100.4 or higher. You might want to confirm that with a rectal temperature if, if if they're young enough, for example. Air thermometers have been become super popular. Um, 
I mean, it's awesome. You're not going to really get a toddler to open their mouth and keep it under their tongue for the amount of time that you need it. Although digital thermometers are way faster than the old mercury thermometers. You're certainly not going to get a toddler to put it in his little bottom. And even under the arm can be extremely challenging. And so that's when they came up with the temporal or the um, ear thermometers. I personally don't feel like they're as accurate. Sorry for those companies that make it. Um, if I were going to buy one now, for example, I would get a temporal. I think, I think those tend to be more accurate, but having a couple different sources to check the temperature is not a bad thing because then you can, um, you know, compare it during, um, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown and things like that, we had to take our temperatures before we went into work. Okay. And I bought a temporal thermometer that you just kind of push on. And I got to tell you, it didn't matter what time or day or whatever. It was always (laughs) 97.1, no matter what. And it was kind of funny because so if, if you're getting things like that, that it, that's just common sense that it might not be as accurate. So having a couple different kinds, but I do want to tell you that investing in a good thermometer one way or another is, is a, is a good thing and having a couple around. So if you're going to be a new parent, uh, I highly recommend putting that on your baby registry, for example. So we've talked about temperatures and uh, what a fever is and what's not a fever. But the big question is, when should you call the doctor? And that's a really good question because, again, it depends on not just their age, but at any age, if your child has a fever and is uncomfortable and appears ill and has developed other symptoms like they're lethargic, they have neck pain, breathing issues. It's important to contact your doctor. Of course, always call 911 if it's an emergency. But I would recommend that you call the doctor no matter what age they are or how long or high the temperature is. If your baby is under three months of age and has a temperature of 100.4 or higher, you need to contact your doctor. Babies under three months of age still have a lot of mom's immunity um, circulating in their bloodstream. So it's very important that if they have a fever, they could be fighting something serious. And so at least contact your doctor so that you can discuss it and, um, and figure out what to do. Because in some cases it can be extremely serious in a baby that young. And, uh, we don't, you know, in time, you know, they can get sick very quickly. So it's important that if at any point they have a hundred point four or higher that you contact your doctor. But as I mentioned at any age, if they have a fever and they appear very ill and have the symptoms that I mentioned, you should too. If the temperature is lasting more than three days, you know, I like to know about it, um, as a, as a pediatrician, because if it's, um, it, I, you know, at least to know that that's going on and what symptoms are related to it, because then I can guide them. Like, let's give it another day or two, or yes, you need to come in, but you don't have to wait three days. I mean, you're always welcome, at least in my practice to contact us and let us know what's going on. Um, so that we can advise you on what medicine to give if it's necessary, um, how much, how often and things like that. 
Now, a temperature of 100.5 is considered a medical emergency and the child should be seen right away. Um, Give them a fever reducer and then head to the emergency room. So what else should we know about meds and fevers with kids, et cetera? And I think I'd like to reiterate the fact that it is important to keep in mind, not just the child's temperature, but how they're acting. Are they completely fine? Are they hydrated? Are they active or do they, they look ill? And so again, look at the child and not just the number when you're considering how to help and when to call the doctor. There are two typical types of medications that we recommend. There's acetaminophen, which can be given to babies and children three months and older, and it can be given to kids under three months. However, as I mentioned, before you choose to give it, I would contact um, your your doctor's office because if you feel that the child is just irritable and needs it, or maybe had a shot or something, unless advised otherwise, you always want to call before you give it to a baby under three months of age, because not even if they don't have a fever there, the way that they appear acting could be important too. Ibuprofen can be given to babies and children that are six months and older. So you cannot give any form of ibuprofen until they're six months. Okay. This is very, very important. Now, these two medications, even though they do the exact same things, right? They reduce fever, they help with pain and discomfort, etc. They are different. And so you no doubt have heard of someone advising uh, a, a parent to give alternate, alternate acetaminophen and ibuprofen. I don't recommend doing this unless it is recommended by your doctor. But the idea is that let's say you give your baby acetaminophen, right? And acetaminophen, you can give every four to six hours. But let's say after three hours, they spike the temperature again, and they're extremely uncomfortable. Well, you can give ibuprofen if advised in this case, and they're over six months, for example, because what happens is it's not the same medicine, even though they do the same thing. So it really doesn't matter when you gave the acetaminophen, when you can give the ibuprofen. Now, ibuprofen can give it be given every six to eight hours. So it could be the same. Maybe you gave ibuprofen and it's been four hours and you think that the child needs something again. Then in this case, you can give acetaminophen. It's super confusing, I know. And I hope that I've explained it in a way that is helpful to you. But I want to reiterate that you really want to make sure that you talk to the doctor or the nurse in, in your doctor's office or um, whoever is able to give you that advice from their office so that you know exactly how to do it and how much. Because it's also these dosages of these medications are based on their age and their weight. And so it is extremely important that that you, you know, that you do this. Now, we talked about babies and what happens if their temperature is high or slightly high. But what about if it's low? Well, per per the AP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, a rectal temperature below 95 degrees Fahrenheit or 36 degrees Celsius 
your baby has hypothermia or low body temperature, and this can be dangerous. You should warm the baby right away and seek medical assistance right away, especially if the low temperature is unknown or causing the baby discomfort and symptoms. A normal temperature in a baby, we're talking about babies now, is anywhere typically between 96.8 and 100.3, with the average being around 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So as I mentioned, if your baby's temp is 100.4 or higher, then it's considered a fever. And if they're under three months of age with a low temperature or hypothermia or a high temperature, 100.4 or higher, it's considered an emergency and you need to seek medical care or call right away. And if advised and you're by your physician, then you can give the baby a fever reducer and encourage fluids as well as attend to their comfort and symptoms. So what are some things that can contribute to a slight change in a baby's temperature? Like, for example, it could be too much clothes or the environment being too hot or illness, as I mentioned. Babies have greater surface area per body weight compared to older children and adults. And their bodies, especially in newborns, are still learning to regulate their own temperature. So they lose heat faster and can overheat, over can lose the heat faster and get cold. You know, that's why we always put hats on babies because the head is where they lose the most heat, for example. And, but they can also overheat easily because, you know, parent, we get very anxious about our child making sure that they're warm so we can overheat them. So I always tell parents, if you're cold, your baby is cold. (laughs) If you're warm, they're likely warm, but what you want to do is dress them with one more layer than you usually. So, you know, when you're setting the temperature, for example, in the household, I usually give them a range between 68 and 72, because in one household, 68 could still feel really warm, but in another household, 68 can feel really cold. So, you know, of course you could take your baby's temperature, but also go by how you feel, you know? And then make sure you dress your child appropriately because like I mentioned, in most cases, you dress them with one more layer than you do. When it comes to babies, you know, whether they're zero to two, three to six months, six to nine months, up to 12 months, like I mentioned about how important it is. Um, if they're under three, you want to call your doctor, right? As I mentioned, if they're three months and older, attend to their comfort and symptoms and make sure they're getting plenty of hydration, you know, best breast milk or water, contact your physician for advice on other ways to hydrate. Okay. Depending on their need. And if they're six months and older, you can give them ibuprofen or acetaminophen. But I want to tell you that it is extremely important to never give your baby aspirin. No aspirin at all. Okay. (laughs) Not even give it to your child or your teenager or anything. It should be either acetaminophen or ibuprofen in whatever form that, that you buy. And generic is perfectly fine. I know that, um, we did go through a time period when it was difficult to find those fever reducers. I do believe that it is better in most areas, but, um, you know, don't be afraid to contact your physician because they may know where um, and who has the supply that is needed. 
So I hope this was helpful for you, kind of like a nice little summary that, as I mentioned, was kind of sparked by this uh, study. And I hope that it helps you in knowing how to take your baby's temperature, what different medicines you can give and why, how often, etc. And uh, because Fever sometimes can be our friend. Like I mentioned, it is helping us fight something. It's important to get to the root cause of what that could be and to contact your doctor appropriately. Well, please don't forget to listen to and follow me wherever you listen to your shows like uh, Spotify and, of course, uh, Apple Podcasts. And let's grow up together.